to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. On what it really means to live a life on fire for God. That was by Deacon Cassandra. I was very blessed. Now, I just want to show us a few things concerning the fire as I go to today's topic. Um, I want us to understand that in the scriptures, one of the emblems that we see God using is that of fire. One of the emblems that God has associated with himself with is fire. Okay, that's one of the emblems. So I'm not in any way suggesting that when you meet God today, he'll look like fire. (laughs) Neither am I suggesting that his molecular structure is composed of fire. But what I'm saying is that one of the emblems which God doesn't mind introducing himself to us as is the aspect of him being fire. And you can see that in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter number 19, uh, verse 18. And then we'll read chapter 24, verse 17. So Exodus 19 and verse 18, we see something very interesting. It says, now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. Praise God. Praise God. I remember um, an experience I had with God, and for me it was more of the quaking. Um, It was December 13th, 2011. And I was in my room, and then it was at about four. I was asleep, then I woke up, but I was asleep, but I woke up. It wasn't, I knew it wasn't a dream. I was 100% sure, almost as if my body was asleep, but my spirit was awake. And I could look around, and then I saw the glory of God descending. Didn't rest at the bottom, but descended. And then I failed to describe when people have asked me, because it's like the glory of God was colorless, but I could see it. So I, I, I couldn't tell her color. And anyways, it was the last thing on my mind at that point. And then he spoke to me. Now, there are certain things that I'd been thinking about 
And if there's ever been a period I was very worried about my future, it was that period for several reasons. And also that was the first period that I got uh, a certain level of persecution. It was the first time a pastor preached against me. So I was not very used to that. Like a whole sermon. So. <laughs> a bit unusual for a 16-year-old, you know what I mean? Eh? So now, um, <laughs> so he spoke to me. And one thing that I recall is that that voice, if that voice told the house saying walk, where the legs will come from, I don't know, but that house would have walked. <laughs> and then it's like, <laughs> how can I describe it? It's like in that period, Wari and I had been best friends. Like I was always chilling with Wari and all those anxieties and stuff like that. And then it's like the presence of the Lord comes. Have you ever read in the scripture where it says the sun and is it and the, like, like they'll run away? It's like the one who goes like you're on your own, bro. <laughs> I'm serious. And then I'm, I, and the first person he asked me was, why should you worry? And with such confidence, like, do you know who I am? And then it's like the worry is like, on your, this one you're explaining on your own. And then Satan, it's as if he never existed in that moment. So one revelation God gave me is every time you pray and you say, in the name of Jesus, why do you think the demons run away the way they do? Because that same glory, <laughs> that same glory, the Bible says that God dwells in Jesus in bodily form. And we know that revelation is a key that gives you access. When Peter had a revelation of Jesus, the immediate thing he was told is, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. That whatever you bind. So, Exodus 24, verse 17. Let's, yeah, 16. We can start from 16, since you decided to be helpful. <laughs> verse 16. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Do you understand why the Israelites said, guys, why the Israelites told Moses saying, okay, God didn't need to speak to us. From now on, let him just talk to you. We'll believe you. And then God decided to make it simple for us by sending the Holy Spirit. Would we have survived? <laughs> Next verse. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of all the children of Israel. That was the sight of the glory of the Lord. Not just a fire, a consuming fire. Amazing. Another thing we should realize is that the Holy Spirit takes up the emblem of fire as well. He takes up the emblem of fire as well. Let me show you. Um, take a look at Exodus 13, verse 21. Exodus 13, verse 21. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so as to go by day and by night. Look at Acts chapter 2. Jesus tells them they'll receive the Holy Spirit 
And what do we see in verse um, 2? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Next verse. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them. And now, you know, it's interesting that when you read 1 Corinthians 10, we are shown when we read from the scriptures that everything that happened with the Israelites was symbolic. We are shown that it was all symbolic because of the aspect of types and symbols. So it was all symbolic. And look at it in verse 1 and 2 of 1 Corinthians 10. I just want you to see something. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Next verse. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So you can see from this that the sea and the cloud were all symbolic of something. So Egypt, we know, is symbolic of the life of sin, right? Being under the dominion of Satan. For them to escape Egypt, they walk on dry land, and it's not like the sea went underground. The sea went like from pillars this side. So now that's symbolic of baptism in water. That's symbolic of baptism in water. And then when they come out, there is a cloud, but this cloud is not alone. There is also a fire. Now that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. The Holy Spirit and fire. And Jesus, the Bible tells us that he came, and the reason he came was to baptize us in the Holy Ghost and in fire. Jesus wants you on fire. That's why he came. Now, ladies and gentlemen, when a person starts getting exposed to higher dimensions of the fire of God. The first thing that will happen is there will be some refining. There will be some refining. There will be refining. Revelations chapter 3. And I want you to see from verse 16, but we'll focus on 18. So there will be refining. Now, let's start from verse 14, maybe. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus wants you on fire. Those who did not turn to their neighbors, are you on fire? Can you turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus wants you on fire? Tell that to another neighbor as well. Those watching online, type to your neighbor on the comment section and say, Jesus wants you on fire. Why are you saying it? I said they should type. <laughs> now, 
and to the angel of the church of the Laudations write, and these things says the Amen. <laughs> Tonight when worshiping, say, oh, I exhort you as the Amen. <laughs> and then he says, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Let's go on. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. Wait there. This is the Lord Jesus speaking. And yes, this is in the dispensation of grace. Because sometimes people think it's just so nice. Like, oh, I know your works, but by grace I see you as hot, even though you're cold. That's not how grace works. And it's interesting that the Lord Jesus, who brought grace and truth, wrote to all churches, and the very thing he said is, I know your works. Meaning grace didn't come to just make you look nice in God's sight. It's supposed to produce works. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes be careful. Some things, yes. But then, you must understand that when, uh, let me not say much. Let me just put it like this. You'll be amazed that on judgment day, the last thing you'd want is for God not to be proud of you. And there are some people he will not be proud of because they received the grace of God and it was in vain. Because they went on and didn't produce what was supposed to be produced. So don't convince yourself that no matter what you do or don't do, he doesn't care, he's just always smiling. So anyways, the one in the Bible said, <laughs> because you know, <laughs> ministering to people, if there's something I learned, is that sometimes the Jesus in the Bible and the one in, two, in people's heads, two different people, two different ones. So the one in the Bible said, I know your works. And that you're neither cold nor hot. And I could wish you were cold or hot. Next verse. So then, because you are lukewarm, have you ever had lukewarm tea? Do you like lukewarm tea? <laughs> I don't know if you're getting my point. Look home, anything is actually not so nice. Eh? Have you ever left your drink in the car on a hot day? And you come back three hours later and you don't know whether it's decided whether it's tea or it's a cold beverage. <laughs> okay. And he says, so because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. That's the Lord Jesus speaking. If, if someone hadn't read this part of the Bible and they just listened to some of the things that said, they would think, oh my goodness, this is legalism. That's the Lord Jesus speaking. And go back, please. And he's saying, because you're neither cold nor hot, I'll vomit you. Like, ugh, like it's disturbing. 
Like, like I don't do that. I would literally rather you choose, okay, I'm, I'm God, me, I'm of the world, I'm vaccinated. So you can do as many worldly things as possible. So in hell, you have no regrets. <laughs> you know what I mean? No regrets, at least, even when they're when they calling out the name, when they're about to say hell, you ever say? <laughs> okay. No, you, you, you wouldn't, anyways, let's continue. So because you say I'm rich and have become wealthy, oh God, God, no. And have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. You know, if you're not careful, you can be growing in your status in life. You can be growing in your reputation. You can start to see these things as childish things. And everyone sees you as, hey, you inspire me. I want to be like you. A, B, C, D. I like the car you're driving. I like, uh, I, I, you've got a nice marriage. You've got a nice dog. You've got a nice um, this. You've got a nice that. You've got all these followers. And then in heaven's sight, they're like, that's what you've become. And they miss the 15-year-old you who used to walk with no shoes. That's the one they miss. That's the one they would have preferred. That's the last thing you would ever want. And in God's sight, imagine, these people are saying, we are wealthy, we don't need anything. And I don't know if you've noticed, the more human beings gravitate towards things like wealth, towards things like academic accolades, and all those things, suddenly because you've got a PhD and stuff like that, the anointing, I, you, you don't need the anointing. Sometimes in life, it's just about how you think. It's about your logic. <laughs> And, and ABCD, as in suddenly things, the anointing that got you to that level, you don't need it anymore. You find a person was very consistent with biblical principles such as tithing, first fruit, and all those things. And they were very consistent when they were earning 420 kwacha per month. The Lord multiplies them, they are earning 42,000 per month. And they start some of these doctrines. Are they really <laughs> scriptural? No, because Shansha, <laughs> I give five quachas out of the window to people who are begging. So that counts to God as my tithe. But the person never used to say that when they were broke. They think they are all that. Next verse. I counsel you to buy from me Gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. Next verse. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. And you can already see from this that the moment zeal is gone and the moment you begin to undermine the things that you valued, you're losing it. But the counsel was to buy from him. And we know that scripturally buying from the Lord Jesus doesn't require money. It requires honor. It requires attention. It says buy the truth and sell it not. It requires you to put a price to it, which is your life. By the way, 
the moment you put on our attention and your life, money won't be an issue. You will serve the Lord with your money. And he says, buy gold refined by fire that you may be rich. Now, the interesting thing about gold is that when gold goes, is in the process of being refined, no matter what method you are using, the whole essence of refining is that there will be some fire somewhere, and when that fire is there, impurities will be exposed. And the whole essence of refining is to separate impurities from the stuff that we want. And I've come to realize that when we encounter the fire of God, one of the things that becomes very easily exposed is impurities. That's one of the things that becomes very easily exposed. Very easily exposed. That's why I'll never forget I think it happened to me twice. Happened to me twice. When I was in that summer 2009, I decided to respond to the nudging of God. And I just started praying faithfully and all those things, doing what I could. But then, the feeling wasn't like the way it is now. It's not like I would go before God and feel like Superman. Uh, some of you guys are better. I would go before him and sometimes just feel like, how can I put it? To say I have a high self-esteem now, if anyone was to ask me how I built it, it's a very high Christ esteem. A very high Christ esteem. Like, I know who God says I am. But it's not like I would go before him, like, and it's not like we had songs like, I know who I am back then. Like, my first picture of myself was, okay, he's so holy, and then I'm like, friend. And I have all these weaknesses and all these things, and some things are not even weaknesses, they are bondages. Because a weakness is a limitation, but a bondage is something that's blocking you. And there are certain things that I wanted to change, I think would have struggles changing them. But when I would expose myself before the presence of God, like I would feel what word I can use. I don't know if anyone has ever experienced it. Like, it's like you feel them all coming to the surface and you're like, whoa, is that me? And then you look at what God expects you to be and look at some of the things that you're showing. Like in that period, that's when I realized I had challenges loving people. I, I had serious challenges loving people. I was one of those people who was very picky with who I could love. Let me put it like that. And I'm not even joking. I had serious challenges loving people. You may think I'm loving. I had challenges. It wasn't one of my strengths. Seriously, all I cared about was me, me, and another person called me. That's what, but then in praying, you'd realize, you just, it's like you just feel like, but did you have to talk to that person like that? Or did you have to do that like that? Or why do you really feel that bad about that one? 
because there are some people that I look down on, and yet I was not, I, I didn't have anything myself. But it's like, <laughs> I'm sorry. And then, a few other things I started noticing in that period. I suddenly realized how stingy I was. I was so stingy. I couldn't, me, <laughs> I was so, as in, the, if I just hear in church, they talk about giving, they've started. <laughs> Do these people read the Bible? And so I determined this. Do you guys want to know how I learned about giving? I was trying to prove the pastors wrong. So I determined to read the Bible for myself. Then I found it in every book of the, every book of the Bible I was finding. Then Abraham did. I was like, hey. <laughs> and that's why I agree with a certain man of God I heard who said that there are some people who are very hungry for God, but then their hunger is just misplaced. And so the, in the misplacement of their hunger, hunger ends up being some form of mischievousness. And he gave an example of Paul. There was a way Paul was over radical about trying to prove that Jesus wasn't the son of God. It may have been a misplaced hunger. There were, he, was, he was beyond the rest. He was over radical about it. He had a point to prove to this God such that one day he's walking and the Lord Jesus says, hey, you've been looking for me, eh? here I am. And then Jesus gave him a penalty. You know what Jesus said? It is hard to kick against the gods. Do you know what that meant? It's like an ox. And then there are those sharp things that are used to keep it in order. Then you keep kicking against it. He was like, that's what you're doing when you're fighting me. <laughs> it's something that I noticed. I don't know if you've ever experienced it, where the first thing you experience about fire is that refining, that purifying, where certain mindsets you've had get exposed, thoughts you've had get exposed, and... I, I, for those who are good with this medical stuff, you know that there are certain things you can treat by exposing them to light. I don't know if you're getting my point. They get exposed. And there's a refining. And when that happens, there's radical repentance. Radical repentance. 360 degree turn. Radical repentance. Not, I'm talking about real repentance, not reducing, but repentance. No, there are some people who don't repent, they reduce. No, pastor, I'm better now. I used to sleep with five men a year, now I sleep with one. I removed all the other ones, now it's just my boyfriend. That's not repentance. That's a reduction. But when you're exposed to the fire of God, here's what happens. You see, because fire exposes impurities, it's not that repentance that's because you've done... Ah, God, 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 God. Friends, I'm not discouraging anything, but there are different levels to this. There's that repentance where you tell yourself, oh, okay, so I'll do it like this. I'll get a rubber band. I'll hit my hand. Uh, when I think of this, uh, that way, I don't know, you're using some form of psychology, such so associate that thing to pain, and then A, B, C, D. This is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about 
there is a meal you used to eat from a certain place. And then one day you walk in and you discover that when preparing that meal, they get feces of dogs, feces of chickens, feces of this, and put spices and add them to the meal. And you've seen that for yourself. Now that meal was very tasty and you used to enjoy it. <laughs> Tell me, are you going to go back and eat it? And then, afterwards, you see everyone saying, guys, let's go have that meal. And you see your family about to go have that meal. Are you going to just say, oh, since you're my family, I'm not going to judge you, so just go have that meal. Or are you going to do your best to say, guys, don't. I've, I've tasted it before. That. Look, it may taste nice, but I've been exposed. I know what's in it. I know what's in it. And that's where now the scripture says, let me show you. If you were to discover that that's what's been happening to your meal, what do you think, what would your automatic body reaction some would even forsake, right? I've got a feeling if the person was just from eating, they would probably vomit. It's a radical rejection. But look at Second Peter 2 verse 22. It says, but as it has happened to them, according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit, and the soul having washed to her wallowing in the mirror. It becomes an issue now of returning to eat is like going to eat vomit. Ladies and gentlemen, when the fire comes to purify, it exposes darkness. It exposes darkness. I've used this one in a, as an example before because it's one of the few I can remember. But sometimes I sit and I wonder, what, what was going on with my mind to listen to some of the stuff I was listening to? There was a song by one of the rappers. The very first line, the very first line was, here is something you can't understand, how I can just kill a man. And were they, Is that guys that's scary that's very scary and imagine for 10 years you've been listening to that and then someone makes you angry so how it will hit you that giving someone like blocking someone's opportunity to breathe the same oxygen you've been given for free and blocking their opportunity to live a life to be a son to be a father to be a child and you being responsible for their life prematurely ending, how that can be something to boast about. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! I was in shock. I was in shock that we'll be watching MTV Best the whole day. I don't know if it's still there. <laughs> and there was a song. I want to make love in this club. Oh my goodness, what on earth was going to become of me 10 years later? What was going to become of me the moment I reached the edge for entering clubs? I was, I, I thought about it. The amount of disrespect. A person whose body should be honored 
That's the amount of disrespect you are giving them. You can do whatever you want to do with them in a club. They're, they're just that dishonorable to you. Just like a... <laughs> ladies would be dancing to that nonsense. Ladies would be dancing to that nonsense. If you've ever heard guys talk just about someone they've slept with, whom they are not married to, because... Uh, unless a person is in the office of a husband and a wife, they've not been ordained to respect the person they've, who they've slept with, who, they've not married, who they're not married to. There will be need for repentance. Because ideally, they've not been ordained to respect them. If you've just heard that talk, can you imagine the talk that a gentleman would have about someone he slept with in a club? What would he say about that lady? Oh, there's this virtuous woman I was speaking to yesterday. She's so holy and virtuous, deserving of praise and respect. Do you honestly think that's what they would say? Or they would be looking at Facebook photos and the person in the long dress, Kaja, <laughs> going at, yeah. And that's, I'm like, what on earth? What on earth were we listening to? And then you think I'll just smile if I see my little cousin listening to such nonsense. Listen. You can't beat yourself up over what happened in the past, and that's where salvation comes in, that's where the doctrine of righteousness comes in, and all that kind of stuff. But it's not true repentance if you've not changed your mind about it. The aspect of repentance is that what you considered normal, you should now consider abnormal. What you thought was okay, you should now see it as not okay. That's when it's true repentance. I don't know if you're getting my point. And that's something that the fire of God brings to men. And you'll find that the more you get exposed, even as you grow in the faith, you'll notice the first elementary thing is repentance from dead works, right? As time goes by, it becomes about paradigm shifts. It becomes about how you see life, how you see God, how you see people. Be careful, ladies and gentlemen. Many people swear when they grow older or when they attain certain things in life, they begin to see this. They begin to see this as just childish. They'll teach sermons like, did you have, who says you need to shout when praying? I thought sermons Jesus taught. You think Jesus cared whether people shouted or not? Imagine someone prepares a whole sermon. That's why I just answer penalties. Been asked before, how come at your church you guys are always shouting? I'm like, there's a lot of noise in heaven, so we want them to hear us. <laughs> but anyways, there's one, there's one answer I always give, because Jesus used to answer with questions. I answered someone. I would like you to show me one quiet prayer meeting in the Bible. I'm still waiting. Because all I kept seeing in the Bible, then they cried out. Then they lifted their voice. Then they spoke at the top of their voice. I was like, the same quiet one. I'm sure no one recorded it. <laughs> I know I asked for that. Not being given. I'm still waiting. No, those times you speak are not the real ones. Show us the real ones. Yes. Teach us, then come lay hands. 
And notice something. People who've made it their mandate to speak against supernatural experiences, I know that there are false prophets around. It's a fact. And not, except Peter didn't just say false prophets. As a matter of fact, for Peter, his emphasis wasn't even false prophets. Peter said, we know that there were false prophets in those days. There will be false teachers in your days. And the trouble with false teachers is that they can talk you out of an encounter. So now, um, <laughs> the interesting thing is, any person I've seen who's made it their go in life to speak against supernatural experiences, whether false or true, they rarely walk in anything. You never even hear, no, they laid hands on a dog and it stopped coughing. You never hear of any of that stuff. Like, no fire, no fire. Like, where is the fire? And then, and then that person who they look down on, who's semi-literate, doesn't understand the doctrine of this, doesn't understand how the scriptures were canonized, doesn't understand the difference between Calvinism, they didn't understand predestination, shanshan destination. Then they just came to church and the pastor said, talked about being born again and they believed it. And the pastor said, him where? And and they go the next day and they look for demon. And, say, hey! and somehow the spiritual realm responds to them more than the literate theologians sometimes. And so what do they do? Because they feel that person doesn't deserve that. They become Pharisees. And when you're a Pharisee, you will pray the prayer of at least I'm not like. At least I understand this doctrine. I understand this doctrine, I understand this doctrine. Well, the other one can even be passionately praying an indoctrinal prayer. <laughs> and then the angels are just like cleansing it with incense and fire. <laughs> That's why sometimes the biggest miracles you hear of, you know, let me be honest with you, I've studied even the move of God in <laughs> Zambia and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Do you know what brought a lot of people to web meetings? I've spoken to a lot of them. Do you know how many people told me the first time they ever saw a miracle happen? I'm not talking about hearing stories from the pulpit, and there's nothing, I'm not saying the pulpit stories are wrong. But then for so long, people would just hear behind the pulpit, there was a time, there was a time, the other day, the other day. They, they were not necessarily, they never necessarily had someone they could point at and say, that one was blind, and then they now saw. Do you know what that does to a person? Do you know what that does to a person? Now, the, the challenge with me is that when I read John 14, verse 12, and I, I took it personal. So before, before anyone could talk me out of it, when I was reading the scriptures, I, I, for me, I didn't start with like being a revelator. You know, with being a revelator, you always have like an explanation for everything. This means this, this means this, this means that. And I've got nothing wrong with that. God can teach you through so many things. But for me, I started from a very literal perspective. So I'll start with, wait. So, these guys had leprosy. What happened to the leprosy? Then what happened to the skin? So Jesus spit in sand, then became mad. When he put it, is it that the clay became flesh? Like, what happened? I, I, those are the questions I would ask myself. So these people, this was a high level of demon possession. 
Right now, they would have been tied up and they would break the chains. Jesus was not afraid. He confronted. And before he could say anything, the devil said, what do you want from us? What do you want from us? And then the demons were cast into the pigs. Even the pigs could tell these were demons. And the pigs took their own lives in the water. So at least the pigs never reproduced other pigs which have demons. In case people think maybe... <laughs> Maybe the pork you ate last night came from... No, those died. They, they all took their own lives. Now, and then Jesus was chased from the city for his radicalness. I am thinking, wait. So Paul was preaching. Somebody actually fell. And, and then he says, okay, no, your life is within you. Something I've had at one of my meetings. Who was there? You remember that? <laughs> one of the scariest moments I've ever experienced. We knew this was not the Holy Ghost. Check, someone is not breathing. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Hey. Ha. Ha. That one. Ha ha. In my, my head was seeing the headlines. And then we never had a permit for that overnight. The different things I was thinking about. Said my guys, move out of the way. You foul spirit of death. I don't know if you're getting my point. I know what I've seen. I, I know what it's. I, I remember one time, I, I've forgotten who was home with me. And we received the call saying, We are on our way. We are on our way. I'm like, What's going on? They're like, this one, if we take the hospital, they'll just declare dead. I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. And they brought the person, <laughs> put them lifeless in the sitting room. And I said, Okay, parents, shanshani leave <laughs> out. Because when I was praying, the parents were also crying out. No, they were getting emotional. <laughs> leave. We puke that foul spirit of death. And then the person goes, oh! where that came from? Because when I read in the scriptures, I took it literal. Ladies and gentlemen, I had no refuse to live a cold life. Choose a side. Hey, either you're supernatural or you're normal. Pick one. Pick one. <laughs> Glory. Mant aligre es alavrandos que debes. Okay, I've got five minutes. The advantage is the rest of the notes. I can still give you whenever. Just want to get some people. Just radically. Carabas, santo, lebre, casutu, curabas. Everyone on your feet. Everyone on your feet. Sometimes you just need a little bit of fire here and there. Just a little bit of fire. Glory. Just a little bit of fire. 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 Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. Hey. Glory, glory. Glory! Glory! Come on, pray in the spirit. Everyone on your feet, pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Now just lift your hands. Lift your hands.
Lift your hands. Even those who are watching, lift your hands. Lift your hands. At whatever level, anything that's not of God is being exposed. Any thought, any habit, any addiction, any, any stronghold, it's being exposed in the presence of God. For some, there's nothing like addictions or habits, but there's a refining where God is just taking you to the next dimension of you. The next dimension of you. The next dimension of you. For some of you, he's moving you from timidness to boldness. For some, he's moving you from what will they think. He's moving you from the mindset of what will they think to the mindset of if I don't speak, who will? He's moving you from a mindset of how will they look at me to a mindset of how is God seeing me? There's a radical shift. There's a radical shift. There's a radical shift. There's a radical shift. Step out of that box. Step out of that box. There's a radical shift. Say after me, say in the name of Jesus. I am on fire. wow what a service i have been so blessed and i know you have been too may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the communion of the holy spirit be with you you can reach the city of the lord church on 0 if you are unable to call you can email us on the city of the lord zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.